Hello and welcome to A Muggle's Perspective. Today we're going to be covering chapters 25 through 28 of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Coming to you on this Independence Day, July 4th, the year of our Lord 2019. <laughs> I am Rogi. I am here with Brayden. How are you doing, Brayden? I'm good. I'm feeling free as mm-hmm. it is the... Independence Day. Happy 4th to everybody. You keeping cool out there? I am. Our air conditioner is working super hard, and uh, I hear that yours is not. I can't speak to how hard it is working, but it is not working successfully. So Mm. we had to borrow one from my mom last night. It hasn't been working since May, and then I got it scheduled for a repair in june but they don't come for like eight more days still because air conditioner repairmen and so it was fine for june it was like this is annoying but we have fans and then we left for ohio for like five days and came back and it went from this is annoying to we're not going to survive the night yeah so yeah the last three or four days have been you like you have to have an air conditioner to a degree that is like frankly alarming yeah we are joined today not just by the usual producer Jeremy and producer George Weasley but by my lovely wife Rachel hi guys Rachel's a patron right how's that how's being a patron it's fine. Patron's perspective. It's just fine. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's you know, it's it's whatever. Yeah, you guys do a pretty mediocre job of supporting your patrons. So. I could take it or leave it. You know. I mean, patrons are supposed to get extra perks, like what is it, cards and extra episodes? And I'm the one that makes all of your guys's cards and sends them out to the patrons. So. <laughs> I'm the one that makes the extra episodes, though. So. Excuse me. I just made one with you, so you can shove off, Malfoy. Okay. I can mute you. I can ask Jeremy to mute you. (laughs) Intensity. This is good. We're covering, like I said, chapters 25 through 28. I think I just lost hearing in my left ear, maybe? Question mark. Chapters 25 through 28. Yep. I can't hear out of my left ear. Braden, say something. Something. Oh, I heard something again. I heard that, but I heard, hear it better in my right ear. Okay, let's... Wasn't your left ear your trick ear? <laughs> Sorry, my trick ear. <laughs> oh, yeah, that did help. Why is that helping so much? Is it because of this? It's short. Do I just hold this? Just kind of jam it in there. I don't want Rachel to hear me playing with the thing, so... We're starting off with chapter 25, The Egg and the Eye. We're covering four (laughs) chapters this week, ladies and gentlemen. So we're going to be... Yes. Thank you, Brayden. (laughs) Brayden is on a large screen TV today for the first time. So it's just kind of a different experience. Wow. 
Hello, Braden's hand. So we're going to be trying to move briskly and with pace. Brisk pace. Rachel, what are your thoughts? Any thoughts? On the chapters? On the podcast. Or podcast in you general? You want to get anything in about the podcast in general before we jump off? Uh, I think you guys are doing a great job. I appreciate the work you guys put into it. Um, I'm excited for the future books. I'm excited to be able to watch a movie with everybody and like, go through those. So that'll be fun. This will be the first time Braden successfully watched a Harry Potter movie <laughs> since Sorcerer's Stone, which was like a year and a half ago. It yeah. wasn't that long. It was the memory not that long, like just popped up, so it was like a year ago. Okay. Yeah. It was a long time ago. <laughs> so, so yeah. I want more um Do We Cares. That's my favorite segment is Do We Care. We do I feel like we do a lot. Maybe it's come out more, like, but from where I am with like a listening standpoint. I don't know. Don't start yawning. We did forget to do them once. Yeah, I was very upset about that. Okay. Speaking of being very upset, we start off with <laughs> <laughs> Harry. Good segue. <laughs> Thank you. We start off with Harry carrying his egg to a bathroom. A normal thing to do. What do you think of As the egg when he got it? She's not me? asking me. Yeah, Brayden. Sorry, me. he can't see me. Um, what I thought of the egg when he got it. Uh, I thought that. Well, I wanted to know what was inside. Mm-hmm. I still don't know that. Um, and we, I can't remember at what point I found out that it screeches. Was it in the common room? Yeah, it's pretty soon after he gets it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we've been trying to figure that out. Um, I wanted to know what role it plays in the next task. Like, does he going to have to, like, I think we talked about last episode, we, he was going to be, I predicted that he was going to be doing some egg shenanigans, some, some games. We talked about like an egg um, toss. Egg shigans. Yeah, egg toss. Yeah, yeah egg shigans. Shig egg shigans. Um, <laughs> Yeah, just more questions than answers, I guess, is what I thought. Okay. <laughs> so this chapter was helpful? Yes. Nice. Yeah, it was helpful. Uh, my first thought definitely wasn't that he should take a bath with it. But, <laughs> that was Cedric's uh, thought. That was Cedric's thought. He's like, man, this is a thing I don't know anything about. I better get, it, get, in, it, get in the bath with it. So talk to me about this bathroom. That Harry, Cedric and then Harry used to ponder yeah, they about went, the egg. They used the prefect bathroom, which is, um, you know, apparently one of the nicer bathrooms in Hogwarts. Um, which I'm all about. Like, I totally get Cedric's uh, inclination to find find a nice bathroom for this sort of thing. I I enjoy a really nice, quiet not heavily trafficked bathroom. I don't I'm, know how you feel about that, Rogi. I'm guessing that you enjoy it for different reasons than Cedric is enjoying it here. Are you talking about taking a bath in a nice, quiet, not heavily no. trafficked bathroom? No. No. I'm not talking about taking a bath. But I would. I, if <laughs> I had to venture a guess, 
Cedric enjoys it for taking a bath, but also for some of the same reasons that I would enjoy it. Oh, you think so? Like what? Just enjoying general decor. Just manscaping in the bath? Yeah. Uh, no. No. Not that? No, let's no. Let's that? not use that term. Is that does no. that not for like your facial hair and stuff? Oh my god! Is that something else? We're just gonna move on. Oh, Jeremy says it's something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a woman present, Rogie. So let's try to hold it together here. Okay, don't talk about Jeremy like that. Um. Anyways, so not it's a real old, nice bathroom. It's a real nice bathroom. You got a lot of bubbles. Not a lot of bubbles. Got a lot of mermaid painting things on the walls. Sure. That's my favorite uh, part. I love mermaids. Yeah. Got we a, all do. Got a lot of creepy ghosts. Some a lot of creepy, creepy ghosts. ghosts. Um, the big, the the main thing is that there's not going to be a lot of people bursting in there. Not heavily trafficked. Your thoughts on so Myrtle is here. Myrtle's the Mer, Moni Myrtle tells him to stick the egg under the water. Moaning Myrtle was there when Cedric was there. Yeah. What are your thoughts on her getting back in our life? Um, I mean, she's generally helpful, so I'm not mad. Uh, Harry does ask her the question, I believe, like, do you just come in here often and watch prefects get in the bath? And she doesn't say no. (laughs) So that's kind of an issue. I think there's a lawsuit on Hogwarts hands here. Potentially. Um, But yeah, I mean, she's generally there to help Harry, so I welcome that. Rachel? How do you lawsuit a ghost? Well, you can lawsuit Hogwarts. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking more of like from a parent standpoint. It's like, okay, you guys ghosts are like sexually harassing my child as it takes a bath. Okay. Like Hogwarts has to be responsible for the actions of Moni Myrtle. Right. So I'm going to need some galleons for that. That's fair. Myrtle, Harry said in outrage. I'm I'm not wearing anything. (laughs) I think that's funny. So now we just basically the next good chunk of the chapter is the egg itself. And yeah, there it's got. There's a song and there's a whole thing. So, what are your thoughts on this song? What were your What was your reaction the first time you heard it? Um, Can well, we, I mean, the big takeaway is that they say they're gonna take something from Harry, right? Mm-hmm. And like, who are who are they? That's what you're thinking is, like, who's taking something from you? Yeah, it's all really vague. So I didn't have any big profound thoughts. I just wanted to know who is singing and what are they going to take? So you were kind of there with Harry, just trying to go line by line and figure out what was going on. Yeah. Yep. Come seek us where our voices sound. We cannot sing above the ground. So naturally, they're probably miles beneath the school. <laughs> it's it's like Quirldemort and Tom Riddle and the Basilisk all just like singing around a mic. <laughs> yeah. Harmonizing. Yeah. Recording this. 
Yep. Coiled the morning. <laughs> I was like, who are you talking about? You got giant chess pieces in the background just clapping. <laughs> and then that's pretty much I mean that's pretty much where we are. Harry figures out relatively quickly. We're probably talking mer people. Mer personages. Man Ray. Man Ray. Oh wait, he's frozen. Fro 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 fro. No, Patrick. <laughs> That's a good thing. Trying to remember the episode where I think they're trying to turn Man Ray into a good person. Yeah. And like Patrick drops his wallet and like on purpose for yeah. Man Ray to find it and give it back to him and he <laughs> Patrick won't take it. He's like, That's not my wallet. <laughs> I've never seen it before yes, in my life. it is. I saw you drop it just now. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> if, you don't, if you've never seen that episode of SpongeBob, sorry, not sorry. We've got people. We've got an hour. And then anything else that we want to hit before we just jump to Harry walking back to Gryffindor Tower? Because there is a lot more to get to in this chapter. No, I think I think let's keep moving along. So Harry's just doing that, moving along. He's walking and thinking, thinking and walking. And he does the thing. Then he pulls a Neville. Yes. And gets his foot stuck in the staircase. Yeah, which... I guess I forgot when Neville did this the first time. So I I didn't really remember that reference, but whatever's below the stairs, it I got the vibe from reading this that it like you can sink. Your foot keeps getting deeper. Am I wrong? Harry he gave an ungone game okay, well, what's over in here? Harry's leg suddenly sank right through the trick step. Neville always forgot to jump. He lurched forward. It sunk. Okay. He got. He snatched the cloak, and the Marauder's Math flew out of his hand, where sunk into the step above his knee. So I guess there's nothing under it. It's just that the the angle that his knee is at that keeps him the from one sinking time further down. He protected his cloak. Yeah. He lost the map and the egg, right? He dropped both of them? Yeah. Yeah, this is... You described it well. This is a real Neville mood. Like, he flings everything. He's like... like the map is out of his reach. The egg is out of his reach. He's like a mom in an infomercial. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Just walking along and, and then throwing everything in the air. <laughs> and the egg, like, breaks yeah. open, right? Sure. And starts screeching. As one does. Of course. Yeah. Walk. Like bounces down the stairs yeah. and opens up and starts screaming everywhere. And Filch is like, of course, right around the corner to be able to hear it. Uh, but he he immediately jumps to Peeves, which is like, that's a fair guess. 
Yeah. Peeves is throwing it around. Yeah, he assumes Peeves stole it from a champion. Yeah. So then, so Phil shows up. That was going to have you walk me through who else ends up joining the little fray going on. Um, Snape. Snape pops out and uh, hears kind of the commotion going on and I think just wants him to... I can't remember what Snape's initial reaction is as, as far as Filch goes. Like, does he want him to give him the egg? Snape is wondering about someone sneaking into his office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Filch is like, I don't understand. Why is there an egg in your office? And he's like, I don't care about the egg. But there's an egg. Peeves through the egg. And Snape is just ignoring him. And then shortly after, we have Mad-Eye shows up. And um, he's got some thoughts on this. He can also see Harry through the cloak. So he just sees that Harry is stuck in the stairs. It's a sitcom situation at this point. Yes. Um, Which I think that the conversation between Moody and Snape is really weird. Please elaborate. Um, There's a lot of like vague insinuating and like kind of passive aggressive intimidation going on. I'm currently trying to find the actual text where they talk back and forth. Did I hear that correctly, Snape? He asked slowly. Someone broke into your office? It is unimportant, said Snape coldly. So Snape does not want Moody investigating this. Yeah, and I don't... I don't know what to do with that. I don't know why he's so weird and so intimidated. I, I obviously Mad Eye is an uh, is a um, dang it. How do you say it again? Or we or. don't just tell him how to pronounce things, Rachel. My bad. Sorry, Brayden. Thank you, Rachel. You're fine. Uh. Okay, four seventy. What page were you on, Rogi? I'm on page 62%. Does that help? <laughs> What's 62% of the total number of pages in the book? Yeah. On the contrary, growled Moody. It's very important. Who'd want to break into your office? And then Snape kind of thinks, plays the whole, like, yeah, it's definitely student. Probably student. Student's name is probably Harry Potter. <laughs> Definitely Harry Potter. Harry steals uh, stuff. He's oh, he's been crossing lines since he came here. I don't know if anyone's told you about the line crossing. Yeah, crosses a ton of lines. I hate him. Um, <laughs> he's got the stupid glasses and the stupid scar and his stupid friends. And I've, honestly, we should just kill him. I, I would assume it's him. Let's go kill him. Um. So then Moody makes the interesting comment, reckon they were after potion ingredients then, huh? Not hiding anything else in your office, are you? And then Snape gets real weird. His face gets red, 
And he says, you know I'm hiding nothing, Moody, he said in a soft, dangerous voice, as you have searched my office pretty thoroughly yourself. Moody's face twisted into a smile. Orders privilege, Snape. Dumbledore told me to keep an eye. Dumbledore happens to trust me, said Snape through through clenched teeth. I refuse to believe that he gave you orders to search my office because, of course, Dumbledore trusts you, growled Moody. He's a trusting man, isn't he? Believes in second chances. So that's what I think's weird. What are we talking about? But me, I say there are spots that don't come off, Snape. Spots that never come off. Do you know what I mean? Snape suddenly did something very strange. He seized his left forearm convulsively with his right hand as though something on it had hurt him. That would be a lot easier than seizing your left forearm with your left hand? Yes, which I actually glossed over that the first time I read that, but that's weird considering what Karkaroff tells him later. Raiden making connections. We'll get there. Snape was a former Death Eater. Is what I'm thinking. You think so? I think so. Because we know that Karkaroff was. We know that Karkaroff was. We know that Snape used to hang around Death Eaters or, or people who became Death Eaters. So it's not too much count. of a stretch? I don't think so. I just uh, like that Filch is standing around going, guys, I don't understand I what this argument is about. <laughs> Peeves egg. <laughs> Peeves egg. It's it feels like you guys can't hear me. I have I have the egg. Peeves through it. We can we can finally get Peeves. He's got his hand in the air. He's holding Mrs. Norris in the air, just yeah. waving her, trying to get their attention. Like the camera is just on Snape, and it keeps flipping back and forth from Snape to Moody, and then it's a it's a shot of Snape listening to Moody, and all of a sudden, like the egg just kind of comes up from the bottom of the screen in front of Snape's face. <laughs> Guys, guys, the egg. Peeves. Peeves can't, can't break into your office. And Snape's like, I don't care about Peeves. Stop talking to me, you filch. Squib. Filchy filch. So why do you think Moody doesn't turn Harry in? Because Moody can see him. Because Moody is on Team Harry. Moody's the new Lupin. Moody's the new Lupin. Um, And I think that Moody is really serious about doing his job in defense against dark arts. I think he knows that Snape is still heavily involved in dark arts, probably. And he knows that the Dark Lord himself is probably alive and well and coming after Harry with this tournament. So he is... More in a protection role for Harry. Constant vigilance. Constant vigilance! Moody's like, oh, hey, Snape, you dropped your random piece of paper. And Harry's just going, that's my paper. I need it for the tasks. Thankfully, one of Moody's eyes sees him doing that. Could have been either one. Were you surprised that Moody's eye can see through invisibility cloaks? No, I would hope if your eye can go different directions and roll around like that, that it would have some sort of special use. Otherwise, that's kind of a miserable way to have an eye. We've seen that before, too. 
when they are in the three broomsticks and Harry's wearing his cloak. Mm. Moody and Hagrid show up and they know that he's there. You haven't heard that episode yet, Rachel. It's okay. But he also uses it to see through the back of his head when he looks backwards so he can see through things at least. Okay. So then Moody grabs the the map and that's how Snape knows... He he puts the map and the egg together, and he's like Harry Potter. Harry friggin' Potter. There's nothing there, Snape barked Moody. But I'll be happy to tell the headmaster how quickly your mind jumped to Harry Potter. No, no one else finds that line interesting. Yeah, I don't. That's so. That's part of what is so weird to me about this entire interaction. Why would that? Like, so it says, meaning what? Snape turned again to look at Moody, his hands still outstretched, inches from Harry's chest. Like, that stops Snape. That worries him. Why? Why would he care? Why would Snape care? Why would Snape care if Dumbledore cares? A lot of caring going on right now. I mean... Dumbledore's very interested to know who's got it in for that boy. So am I, Snape. So Snape just doesn't want to look to Moody, even if it's not, even if he doesn't care, care if Moody relays the information to Dumbledore. He still doesn't want Moody to think that he's out here trying to get Harry killed. Mm. So he's just intimidated by the idea of Moody latching on to to Snape. He's intimidating at, but intimidated by the idea that Moody will set his sights on him. Yeah, I mean, intimidated, um, annoyed, inconvenienced, doesn't want Moody following him around either way. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just striking to me, I guess, that this annoyed feeling or feeling of intimidation would be enough to stop him from trying to catch Potter in the act. Right. Yeah, I guess that's true. That really shows you a kind of respect of some kind he has for Moody. Right. So then Harry ends up in with Moody in Moody's office. Well, no, I guess they're just walking. Yeah. Talking and about all kinds uh, of stuff. Yeah, drops um, the bit of information that uh, I think he says, they say Mad-Eye is obsessed with catching dark wizards, but I'm nothing compared to Barty Crouch. Because Harry mentions, Harry Harry lets him know that uh, earlier he had seen Barty Crouch on the Marauder's map um, in Snape's office. Yeah, and so Harry kind of wants to know, because Moody clearly thinks that's super interesting information, and Harry's like, ah, there's something I'm missing here. Yeah. So that clears up a little bit, I guess, as far as, like, my suspicion with Crouch. Maybe not clears it up, but, like, alters my perspective on that, maybe. And we're definitely going to get into more Crouch talk later. 
in okay. chapter 27 when Sirius gives all of the background on Crouch and his son. Yes. So you had previously suspicious Crouch of there being mm-hmm. something going on with him, and so now that's kind of coming into focus. Yeah, he's sneaking around the castle at night. We thought he was ill. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. Yeah. Weatherby. Weatherby. So Harry asks Moody about Crouch. Asks him, does he ask him about Snape? Oh, well, Moody wants the map. That's a thing. Are you surprised that Harry let him have it? Um, I wasn't surprised. It kind of, there was a point when I read it where I kind of second-guessed Harry a little bit. Like, he was really quick to give it to him and really trusting. And not that Moody has given him a reason not to be. Um, but that's like a pretty important tool that he just gave away freely like that. Um, so it's not about who he's so giving it to as much as the fact that he's giving it up. Yeah. Cause it's, you know, he doesn't ask like, yeah, I mean, how long do you think you'll need it? Um, <laughs> when, when, when can I get it back? Should we just like write down on a card that you're going to keep it for a month or a week, yeah. you get two weeks, and then you give it back. When, when should I? When should I check back in with you about uh, about getting that back? <laughs> it's just kind of like, yeah, yeah, absolutely, take it. I don't need it. So Harry made a snap decision without actually thinking about it. Shocker. Yeah, which I. It's not that I have a feeling that that is going to come back to bite him. Um, but at the same time, it, it could definitely come back to bite him. Mm. It's just a useful thing. But he really didn't want to get in trouble. And Moody saved him from a lot of trouble. That's true. I mean, at that point, I'm not saying I would have handled it any differently if I'm 14 or whatever and I'm Harry Potter. You are. That's fair. Great. Yep. Yeah. Why silence your phone, you know? No good reason. Chapter 26, the second task. We'll run through this one and then do a howler. Sound good? Let's do it. Chapter 26, we get Harry telling Harry, Ron, and Hermione about what had happened the night before. We've got some theories about Moody keeping an eye on Snape. Why do we think that is? Harry, maybe Moody thinks Snape put your name in the Goblet of Fire. So at this point, there's a lot of debate. Do we trust Snape or not? And at this exact moment, where do you fall on that? I don't anymore. Um, the only thing that's keeping a sliver of trust alive for me is Her- is uh, Hermione's like unwavering belief that Snape like the Dumbledore wouldn't have hired Snape if he wasn't trustworthy 
Because I feel like Hermione's right in these situations more often than not. And Dumbledore's right. I mean, we're trusting Dumbledore, his judgment. Yeah. Um, but with... With everything I learn in the next two chapters, it's just real hard to trust Snape right now. Especially after this little connection I just had with the thing on Snape's arm. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Yeah. And you've been like back and forth on Snape like the entire books, haven't you? I have. Um, That's just been a reoccurring theme. Yeah. Because he's really easy to hate. And the easy thing to do is to be like, yes, Snape sucks. He's probably helping Voldemort. He hates Harry. Let's, let's gang up on Snape. That's the easy thing to do. Mm-hmm. But like Hermione is saying, like, how would he have been at Hogwarts this long if he wasn't, I don't know, somewhat trustworthy? Mm-hmm. And, I would, and I would like to think that Dumbledore has the foresight to be able to see these kinds of things. I'm not saying he's f- completely faultless. Like maybe he made a mistake hiring Snape, but he doesn't seem like the type of guy that makes those kinds of mistakes. But yeah, it's getting a whole lot harder to defend him as a defense against the dark arts teacher. Or uh, I'm sorry, the potions master potions, potions master. Yeah. That's what he wants to be the defense against the dark arts teacher. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. We get like 10 pages here of unsuccessful research on how to breathe underwater. Mm-hmm. Do you have any feelings about how difficult it is for them to find a solution and then how easily the eventual solution does come? Mm. I, I get a little impatient. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they pour themselves over quite a few books over quite a few hours and can't find anything, which I'm kind of surprised Hermione doesn't end up like flipping a table or something. <laughs> Cause I mean, I feel like that's her go-to. She's like, yeah, we're in my wheelhouse now. Yeah. Like I am the library. Like, he uh, asked she, the librarian she, for help. Like that's yeah. where they are. Yeah. And then it turns out that Dobby is the one who figures it out. Good the house Dobbs. So he's able to get some gillyweed. Yeah. Apparently you just eat this ball of rat tails <laughs> and you can breathe underwater because you grow gills. Which honestly, like that sounds pretty sweet. Like sounds kind of painful. Like so, the growing part, I guess so. Yeah, it's a reverse yeah. Little Mermaid situation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when I so my experience with Harry Potter is I watched all the movies first and then I read all the books, but mm-hmm. so. But yeah, like when I read in the books and or like watched the movie or whatever, I thought it was really cool because like I've always wanted to be a mermaid. Like that would be so much fun because I love the water. And so I was like, oh man, I need to get me some gillyweed because this sounds great. 
but I never thought of like the actual painful process of like it growing and like doing changing my body. So that's a fair point. Well, yeah, because doesn't it say that he kind of freaks out for a minute because that switch from like needing the water to breathe versus the air like happens like that. And all of a sudden he's like basically suffocating. So kind of, uh, he, he'll know for next time, like once I eat this thing, like get underwater soon. For next time. He's just going to go get a store of gillyweed. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good thing to keep on hand. You never know when you're going to need to, you know, go miles beneath the school in the lake or whatever. I mean, for I'm Harry, it's you. like, what, once a year? So. Yeah. Everything of significance happens at lower altitudes. <laughs> so I just prepare yourself, you know? So we're in the lake. Talk to me about everyone else's strategies. Here he goes, Gillyweed. Yeah, well, we don't we don't even learn about anyone else's strategies for quite a while. Harry kind of gets a head start. Um, and Harry makes it after having to fight off some um, Grindy Lows. He makes it to basically this village of mer people where he finds Ron, Hermione, Cho Chang, and Fleur's little sister. I think he said her name was Gabrielle. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Um, and they're all tied up with seaweed and like mermen with shark necklaces. And I forget what else it describes them. Do they have like tridents or something? Yeah. They keep Grindy Lowe's pets. Yeah. They're kind of like guarding the hostages. So Harry cuts Ron loose first uh, with a sharp rock. And Ron's floating around. He's fine. And Harry immediately starts to go after Hermione. And the Merg guys are like, nah, that's that's not yours. Back off. And Harry's like, no, seriously, like, she's my first. Get out of the way. And they're like, nah, man, it's not yours. Like, you got yours. Get out of here. Yeah, like, and awkwardly, three of the people under there are, like, the three people Harry cares about the most. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I think we do learn that, like, Ron really is the person he cares about the most. He cuts him loose first. Um, so he's kind of hanging around freaking out that these guys won't let him help the other people because, I mean, he's too, he's too good of a person to just cut his person free and then take off and just ditch the others. Um, well, I say that. But at the same time, like, if you're Crumb or Fleur, like, you don't even really know Hermione or Ron. So. Well, Crumb knows Hermione. Well, I'm saying, like, in Crumb's situation, it would be, like, Ron and Cho. Like, yeah. he's kind of, like. But, you know, like, Harry's obviously the best, like, has the best moral compass here out of any of the contestants. The champions. Moral fiber. Um, <laughs> moral fiber. Um, That's one of my favorite so he lines kinda, in this movie. Well yeah. done, moral yeah. fiber. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's, 
Yeah. I he's kind of. <laughs> yeah, the movie. Uh, <laughs> he he kind of hangs around. Um, I think it's Crumb that shows up first. Is that right? He shows up and he, like. Is it Crumb or Cedric that shows up next? I think it's Crumb. No, and no, he Cedric, has, Cedric comes first. He says, Cedric's got like a bubble around his head. Get right? lost. Fleur and Crumb are coming now. Yeah, he's got a bubble head charm going on. Yeah. So he cuts he cuts Cho loose. Um takes off with her and even though he says that Crumb and uh Fleur are coming, like Harry still can't leave. Which I appreciate about Harry. In in both tasks now, like Harry's not that concerned about winning. He's just like, Hey, let's all survive. Everyone involved. Yeah, which I think is cool. So you find that admirable as opposed to, um, what's what I'm looking for? Like thick, like too literally interpreting the challenge. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't know. I, I just, I try to put myself in the shoes of Harry and I would be freaking out too. Like, I mean... If you cut, I don't, in that moment, you're not thinking in detail enough to think like, oh, Dumbledore is not going to let these people die. Like you're way down there underneath the water. You see these people unconscious, like lifeless, tied up by mer people. Like I appreciate that he's like, I screw the competition. Like these people are dying. I got to help. Yeah, Harry's, plus he's had so many things in his past where he's had to save people. It's like a PTSD thing. Yeah. He's kind of yeah. snap into survival mode. Mm-hmm. So Crumb, Crumb shows up next, and he has, like, transfigured himself, but done, like, a half job where he's, like, part shark. And gets down there to Hermione, but... His teeth are so screwed up and he's not used to using them that he can't really do anything. So Harry's got to bail him out, cut Hermione out. Um, he takes off with Hermione and so now he's kind of hanging around waiting on Fleur. She's not showing up. So he just takes both of them. Puts the team on his back. And he can't sw- swim. He's just got a kick. Which I feel like would take forever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, the text doesn't really describe it being that long, I feel like. I would think that this would, like, as as deep as it seems like he is, this would take forever, just kicking. And then the gillyweed starts to wear off. Mm-hmm. So now he's basically taking on water and is... Probably getting close to unconsciousness and finally reaches the uh, the edge of the water. Yeah, he was about to he was about to lose it there. Yeah, we've got scoring, and so I always find it interesting that not only Harry was late, you know, but mm-hmm. everyone else was late too. Like right. Even even Cedric was late. Right. Which is like 
how bad are you at this, Cedric? <laughs> like, what's the problem? You've got a bubblehead charm. Swim down there, get the person, get out. Yeah, I I was curious, I guess, what took everyone else so long? I guess it's just finding where the hostages are in the lake. But, like, how big of a lake is it? I mean, it's pretty big. It's a pretty big lake. It's a good-sized lake. Hmm, okay. But still, and to be fair, team. like... Go ahead. Yeah. To be fair, like, Harry probably would have taken a lot longer, too, had he not run into Moaning Myrtle. That's true. Yeah, she gives him some pointers. Why the heck is she down there? Hoping to catch some uh, naked Harry, you know? Maybe he would just take off his robes when he got down there. More hydrodynamic. <laughs> Yeesh. I mean, like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, best seat in the house. Even if they are all clothed. Like, no one else. That's my thing is that this isn't a good spectator sport. Everyone else yeah, is sitting at the surface. Yeah, this kind of lame if you're, yeah, if you're up at the surface. I mean. I always envisioned it, even though it's not in the book, that, like, they just, like, had some, like, magical screens put up. And it was just, like, camera shots of, like, certain areas of the lake, like, on ESPN. Like a Hunger Games situation? Yeah. Sure, yeah. So where there's just like yeah. different angles or something and then you can like see somebody swim past it's like, oh no, like there's that's the way to the Grindy Lows, like what's gonna happen? Like I don't know, that's what I always imagined. I mean like I'm down for that. I just don't see any textual evidence to support it. Well, JK should have been talking to me when she wrote this section. We call that head cannon. <laughs> That's a real term. You've never heard that? Uh, I don't know. It's something that's not explicitly in the book, but you think it so hard that it like is true for you. Oh, I have headcanon for like everything then. What else? What's some other examples of headcanon that you have? For this? No, just in general. Oh, I don't know. Like, it, I'm on the spot. You think about it. Okay, I'll think about it. So... Harry and Cedric get the most points here? Yeah, Harry should get all the points. But again, we let team coaches judge. So what are you going to do? Well, I mean, he did get back super late. Okay, but he also has moral fiber. Well done, moral fiber. Moral fiber. Moral fiber. I guess that's true. I mean, that's kind of the whole point of the competition is international magical cooperation and moral fiber really yeah. fits into those stated goals. Mm-hmm. I always interpret it a little more literally. I'd be like, you got in late, dude. Like, sucks to your asthma, you know? <laughs> if I was to quote uh, Lord, of, Lord the of the Flies. flies. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad that you just got that immediately. Thank you. Yeah, when we had to read that in, like, freshman year of high school, that was a big thing for, like, two weeks. Like, in the locker rooms before practice or stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, and I can't find my cleats. Yeah, well, sucks to your ass, Mar. <laughs> That's something that Eric and I just did for the next 10 years. Yeah, it's fun. 
Percy's here. Do we care? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of worried about Percy. Um, Young Weatherby. Yeah, I'm thinking he's getting real caught up in the whole Barty Crouch game. And uh, careful, Jeremy. I, I'm just not sure where his head's at. Not sure who's... Whose team he lies on here? Yeah, because Percy goes for whatever the most direct route to like power and control <coughs> is and prestige. Right. Kind of seems like he's willing to sacrifice anything to get there. So, not sure if he can be trusted at this point. Everyone vote. Terry gets the most points. Harry and Cedric. They use the bubblehead charm. Thoughts on Fleur just failing? Yeah, I mean, she's in last place now, right? Yeah, she got way less points than everybody else. Yeah, so I mean, she's virtually done, right? In terms of points, yeah. I mean, she finished, I think they gave her 25, so I mean, she's significantly behind here. Yeah, I mean, the scoring... Excuse me. Might just need to might just need to tank for next year. <laughs> the scoring has been really generous for everyone on everything. Right. Oh, you were late forty seven out of fifty. Like that's an A for coming in yeah. late, like after the time limit. Yeah. I was pretty disappointed in her with this task. I was like, just like, dude, get it together. Like, I mean, they're supposed to be like the best of their schools and like this is what she came up with. She's, she's representing girls everywhere. Exactly, and she's not doing it well. Do yeah. you think, here's my question, was Crumb trying to turn into a whole shark or just a half shark? It's a good question. I feel like you'd be able to swim better if you're a whole shark. For sure. But being a half shark might have its advantages in that you can still wield your wand. Mm. And like a knife and stuff to, like that. Yeah. Knife, wand, you can you can kind of like grasp the person you're trying to save, <laughs> throw them on your back or whatever. Then why didn't he do that when he was trying to cut Hermione loose? Do what? Didn't you say well, he, like he his didn't teeth have the weren't working out or something? He was going to try to tooth her loose, but then Harry was like, how about you use a rock? And he's like, shark roar. And Harry interprets that as good idea. Yeah. Oh. Fisher friends, not food. Oh, Bruce. Do we care about... We're going to combine the last two chapters of Do We Cares. I don't have very many here. Do we care about the bubbles in the bath? A lot of different kinds of bubbles. Do we care? Um, I don't... What are the bubbles? What are their significance again? You got some that smell different, some that are like heavy, like you can lay on them. They'll almost support weight. I just got a lot of different kinds of bubbles. Some that are really like big. I did not initially care about the bubbles. Okay, we don't care. Do we care about Moody suggesting that Harry become an Auror? I do. I do care about that. I want to know. 
I want to know how much thought Harry puts into that from now on. Is is that a thing when you're at Hogwarts? Do you kind of I think we've talked about this before, but I don't remember where we landed. Like, do you kind of choose um a major or a career path at Hogwarts, or is it just kind of like figure it out as you go? Um, there there is career counseling. It it hasn't happened yet for Harry. It's more as you get into your upper levels. But but you can okay. specialize your course load. I mean, if you're not going to do anything with muggles, you don't need to be taking muggle studies. If you're not going to do anything with yeah. potions, you don't need to be taking potion studies. Gotcha. Isn't potions mandatory until a certain point, though? Yeah, until a certain point. Okay. Through your first five years or something? Because we're on the fourth yeah, I think it's the first five. Yeah. Do we care about banishing spells? That's what they were doing at the beginning of the chapter. They did summoning before, and Harry got the firebolt for that. Then they're practicing banishing, like launching stuff away from you across the room. Yeah, I feel like that's going to be one that he'll use in the end battle of this book. So, so when yeah, he, I care. When he and... Wormtail are dueling miles beneath the school. He and Wormtail and Ludo Bagman and Mad-Eye Moody and Weatherby are miles beneath the school. He'll banish Percy into Wormtail and trip him and then gives him a chance to run away or something. Yes. All of that. (laughs) How do they get miles beneath the school here? Um, by this time it's happening so often that Dumbledore has authorized the expense of like putting in an elevator system. (laughs) Harry just kind of looked at his watch. He's like, Oh, almost into the year. Better just head down. Yep. Head cannon. Yeah. All right. Well, that's what I had for caring. Rachel, any do we cares for these chapters? You care so much about do we care? Did we care about this challenge? This uh, challenge for the Task. tournament task. Thank you. How was this yeah. one compared to the other one? Um, the other one was. A I thought I thought the other the other one was more challenging. A dragon. <laughs> yeah. Um, I felt like the other one was a little more dangerous. That one, I feel like, was a little bit more physical. Yeah. As for this one, it's like, hey, like, you have to go into this one with some thought. And he had to figure out the egg. Like, there's just more pieces to it. Yep. This one was a test of mental preparation. Yeah. Let's howl. All right. Let's get the howler on the line here. Hey, guys, this is Chad. Um, just listening to your episode, Fire FaceTime. Uh, if you don't have an iPhone, it's the only other best way to FaceTime. Anyway, I was <laughs> um, <laughs> just going to comment real quick on Hermione's um, continuing to spew her opinion on uh, house elves. 
while it does get somewhat um, repetitive at this point in the book, you can totally see where it's within her character that this is something that she would latch on to and try to champion and so on and so forth. Uh, anyway, just kind of wanted to throw that in there, and um, I will talk to you guys later. Thanks. Bye. I like his use of spew as a verb. Yeah, that was well done. I expect nothing less from Chad. He's set a high bar for himself. Yes. So do you agree that it's within Hermione's character to be really concerned for the house self-rights thing? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Hermione, um, I would say, is definitely the type. Like, if she sees a problem, sees something she doesn't agree with, she's definitely not going to just, like, step to the side and hope it gets better. Uh, which I respect about her. Do you see this continuing? Is she going to drop spew? No. No, it'll continue for sure. Like in the next book, sir? Uh, probably, yeah. I mean, like, along with everything we just said about her character, she's also not the type to give up. So. Well, we are about to get some more house elf content here soon, too, so. Sweet. Chapter 27, Padfoot Returns. So this chapter is basically about Sirius is now living in Hogsmeade. Mm-hmm. Do you have any overarching thoughts on that? Um, it just seems dangerous. Like recklessly um, so? Yeah, a little bit. I'm kind of worried about him getting caught. So like, do you think he's going to get caught? Um, yeah, I think eventually it's going to come out that like he's in the area and people are going to freak out and the whole search is going to be on again. If he stays as a dog, is that likely to happen? Or is it going to be a he like slips up as a human? Um, who all knows that he doubles as a dog? Wormtail, Harry, Ron, Hermione, Dumbledore, uh, probably Voldemort but, at this point. But does like like does Snape know or any like McGonagall anybody like that? I don't know that we know that Snape knows. I mean, I'm pretty sure Harry says something at some point about how it's just them that know about it. I would have to get farther into this chapter. Okay. Um, But my first talking point that I've got here is Harry Potter's Secret Heartache, the article title. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I'm going to ask Rachel if she can read this for us in her best Rita Skeeter voice. Do you have the book, Rachel? We don't own this book. No, I do. Do you want to come get it from my Kindle here? No. Okay, I'll tell you the lines <laughs> and then you and then you say them in Reader Skeeter voice. Okay. Okay. Is that worth it, Brayden? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's a real. It's a really long article. Okay. Okay. No, okay. I, if it's really oh, long. No, Brayden can just hold the, the book up to the screen because it's a giant TV. 
Oh, good point. Okay. Let me just find that. <laughs> Should just be like three or four pages in. Padfoot returns. I'm reading the whole article. Yeah, the whole article, the whole chat. Let's just you should we just read the whole chapter. Maybe just the whole chapter. Oh yes, yes. <sighs> read a skeeter voice right here. <laughs> Harry Potter's secret heartache. A boy like no other, perhaps. Yet a boy suffering all the usual pangs of adolescence. Writes Rita Skeeter, deprived of love since the tragic demise. Page flip. Flip. Since the tragic demise of his parents, 14 year old Harry Potter thought he had found solace in his steady girlfriend at Hogwarts, muggle born Hermione Granger. Little did he know that he would shortly be suffering yet another emotional blow in a life already littered with personal loss. Miss Granger, a plain but ambitious girl, seems to have a taste for famous wizards that Harry alone cannot suffice. Since the arrival at Hogwarts of Victor Crumb, thank you, <laughs> Bulgarian seeker and hero of the last World Quidditch Cup, Miss Granger has been toying with the boys with both boys' affections. Crumb, who is openly smitten with the devious Miss Granger, has already invited her to visit him in Bulgaria over the summer holidays and insists that he has never felt this way about any other girl. However, it might not be Miss Granger's doubtful natural charms that have captured these unfortunate boys' interest. She's really ugly, says Patsy Parkinson's, a pretty and vivacious fourth-year student. But she'd be well up to making a love potion. She's quite brainy. I think that's how she's doing it. Love potions are, of course, banned at Hogwarts, and no doubt Albus Dumbledore will want to investigate... Um, Sorry, my nope, shoulders you're are quivering. Investigate these claims. In the meantime, Harry Potter's well-wishers must hope that next time he bestows his heart to a worthy candidate. Worthier candidate. Is that it? Yeah. And then... Nice job, Braden's yeah, shoulders. Was, well done, Rachel. You carried me on that, Brayden. I appreciate it. Did you like my Pansy Parkinson? <laughs> yeah, that was fantastic. So that article happened. You don't have thoughts? You don't care? Um, It's just annoying. I don't, I don't feel like I have much more to say than that. Like, now Hermione is kind of viewed as, um, as Ron puts it, a scarlet woman. <laughs> <laughs> Which I want to know, like, in the wizarding world, like, what... Because I think of, like, the scarlet letter. Mm -hmm. And so, like, what is, what is the wizarding world's equivalent to that? Because there's no way it's just the scarlet letter. Like, so what is... What's their scarlet person? I don't know. I don't understand what you're asking me. Do you understand what I'm saying, Brandon? 
You're saying that they wouldn't know what the Scarlet Letter is? Yeah. Like the actual novel? I mean, like, so, they like, would know that it exists, but, like, it, is it wouldn't an, be the exact same. It's by an American author. Yes, yeah, so you're asking, is Scarlet just, like, a universal term for... Yeah. Prom- promiscuous? Yeah. Woman? Prom- promiscuity. Hmm. Pro- promiscuity? Yes, I like that one. Proboscisity? Viscosity? Pro-hibiscus. Mm. Oh, that's probably it. Yeah. Now I got it. Do you care about the backlash from everybody that Hermione gets about this? Or is that too soon? Or is that, or is that not what we're talking about right now? Hate mail. Did you guys hear that? What? The bumble? Yeah. Yeah. Was that from where you are? This neighborhood is all about their fireworks. They've been lighting <laughs> them off all week. And it's not just like sparklers and like normal fireworks. It's they sound like freaking bombs. <laughs> Anyways, get sorry. Do I care? Get Ian line on the case. <laughs> Do I care about backlash that Hermione is receiving? Hate mail. Hate mail. Yeah, I. I feel like that's gonna wear on anybody, no matter how strong they are, right? Mm-hmm. And like I mean, it even comes just... from like people she knows, right? Yeah, I think so. Do we have an example of that? Isn't it like doesn't Mrs. Weasley? That's not in this chapter. Oh, I'm so sorry. I think it comes from like Slytherins though. So like people she would presumably, you know, have class with and stuff. Yeah, um other students. Yeah, it bothers me, but like I'm not worried about it because I know Hermione will get will get Rita Skeeter back. How? Um, I don't know how. Does she curse her? Does she dig up dirt on her? Does she trick her into something like Ocean's Eleven style? Yeah, I think it'll be more like a tricking her into writing something that's like self-damning i guess maybe i don't know like it'll be something with hermione like being a couple steps ahead yeah yeah i can see that she comes out with an article that's all about how journalists are terrible and everyone's like wait what wait what wait like what so the, this article comes out. We head down to potions class. Mm-hmm. And Snape is like, what are you guys over here talking about? And then grabs it and starts reading it and stuff. And is like, oh, I guess I'm going to separate you. <laughs> Maybe I should read the entire article aloud. Yeah. And then he just straight up threatens to give Harry a truth potion. Because he's like, you're okay. stealing my stuff. You yeah. think everyone loves Harry Potter. And you think everyone's impressed with you. And you want Harry to just be like, I, d- I don't think that. I never said that. Yeah. But at the same time, Harry is... I respect that he is just ignoring him. At least on the outside, like just acting like you can't hear him. Because I think that's I think that's your only option 
when you're dealing with Snape. It's just to ignore the teacher. And deny. Yeah. Because, I mean, he's just trying to get a rise out of you, you know? Mm. So that's true. He threatens Harry with Verita Serum. Do we care about Verita Serum? Oh, yes, we do, because that's how Hermione is going to get Rita Skeeter. Oh. Mm. Tips it in her, like, Cosmo at the bar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That is what Rita Skeeter would drink, for sure. Her sex on the beach. Yeah. Yep. Cosmo or Martini. Yeah. Those are very different drinks, though. Yeah, but they come in like cute glasses. And I feel like she's very much like how she positions her hand with the glass, like a drink in her hand. Mm -hmm. Like she's Mm -hmm. just like, oh, like, yeah. Head cannon. Nice. Good use of head cannon. (laughs) So Harry, I do like that Harry turns this situation because Snape does the like, well, you're the troublemaking student. You're going to have to come sit right by me. And then Harry turns that to his advantage by eavesdropping on him with Karkaroff. Well played. What did you think about Karkaroff refusing to leave? Because he was like, I want to talk to you now while you can't slip off, Severus. You've been avoiding me. Yeah, it's interesting. Um... So like something's going on in the behind the scenes. We we know Karkarov is, I think, is probably still a Death Eater. Um, just eating death. Yeah. And so he's. I don't I don't know if he's like trying to get Snape on board or has Snape on board, but Snape's like, look, I still need to play it cool. Like while I'm teaching, can't give anybody the idea that I'm helping you guys. So, like, don't come and talk to me while I'm teaching. That kind of thing. Yeah. I just don't know what Carcroft feels like he's going to get accomplished in front of the classroom. Like, legitimately. Like, what all is going to be happening with these students here who are, like, learning and actively aware that they are there and a conversation or something's going down. Well, he comes from a school where you just teach dark arts. So, it's like, let's just show him some dark arts. Yeah. And then, like you already said, I mean, we can get back into the arm thing. What's going on with their arms? Hmm. Yeah, so this is... I didn't even make this connection until earlier when we were reading the chapter. Um, <laughs> I didn't read the chapter until just now. So No, I read the chapter. He said um, twice. He said I read it twice. Oh, wow. Or maybe flip through it a second time. I don't know. I thought you said that. Yeah. When you read through it again for this one. Well, it's kind of as we were paging through it. So there's arms, something with arms. Yeah, do we... I can't, I'm trying to remember if there was anything significant, like if, if Death Eaters have any kind of mark. Have we talked about that? Um, I don't think we have. Okay. What would that look like? And what would be the point? 
I don't know. I truly don't know. I don't have any... I don't really have any leads to go on for a prediction there. I don't know if there's like... I, like I, I guess in subconsciously I'm kind of like maybe something on their arm glows or like mm. burns like kind of like Harry Scar does like whenever they're being too suspicious. I like the idea they, of them having like something glow in the dark on their body. So it like wakes yeah. them up in the middle of the night if it was like going off or something. That's true, yeah. Is it like a physical protrusion? Is it something that sticks out from their arm? I think it's more like a tattoo. Oh, gotcha. A glow-in-the-dark tattoo? Just says Death Eater. Mm-hmm. Like in the crazy letters, like how people have on the back of their shoulders? It's just Voldemort's name in a heart with like an arrow going through it. <laughs> like mom yeah yeah when rachel says like when people have their names on their shoulders does the same person come to mind for you as it does for me Braden? chris minks yeah <laughs> yes that's the only person yeah. that i would think of that has that yeah yeah for sure <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. So that's what's going on with that. (laughs) (laughs) Now we're going to Hogsmeade to see your boy Padfoot, a.k.a. Sirius, a.k.a. Snuffles. Because Harry can still go to Hogsmeade now. Sure, why not? (sighs) You bet he can. Whatever. On their way, they just, like, stuffed a bunch of fried chicken and bread into their backpacks <laughs> to take to serious. <laughs> so, Sirius gives us some interesting information. There's a lot of just telling Sirius what's been going on, of them talking about, like, what's been in the Daily Prophet. And Sirius just goes, oh... He said that? Interesting. Did anything stick out to you from this serious section? Anything particularly serious? Are you serious? He is. The dog Seriously? is. Seriously? Seriously. Um, I, I know there were things that were weird. I want to go back to the text. Um, a lot of Barty Crouch talk. Yeah, we learn a lot about Barty C, um, that he had a son who was accused of being a Death Eater, and they they banished him to Azkaban, and he died there, uh, which kind of hurt Crouch's reputation. People were kind of like, what's going on at home if this guy's son turns to the dark side? Uh, we get a little suspicious of Ludo Bagman, maybe stealing Harry's wand. At the Quidditch Cup. Yeah, Sirius just spends the whole chapter sort of rehashing everything that's happened in the book and representing theories about people. Right. Just kind of like, what do we talk about with this? Yeah. Yeah, there's... 
I don't know. I don't feel like he answers any question. He just like casts different lights mm. on characters that maybe we weren't suspicious of before, or maybe we weren't suspicious enough of. So. Oh man, this pen was open in my pocket and got a bunch of ink on my pants. I just washed that's, those. You know. That's the worst. So, yeah, the big things, the two big things that we get from Sirius are about Barty Crouch. We already talked about his son. Does this inform anything about Crouch to you? I mean, they talk about him being sick, his absences. Crouch was the guy at Sirius's trial. Does this change your opinion of him? Um, it makes me less right or wrong. It made me less suspicious that he is helping Karkarov or anything like that. Right. Um, I mean, Sirius specifically says that he was very outspokenly against the dark arts and Voldemort. Right. And I say that knowing what happens in the next chapter, like I, <laughs> I don't know what to think of Barty Crouch. It's true. Just a lot of information. Yeah, I think it. The conversation with Sirius makes me a lot more critical of Bagman. I feel like, which I, I was already sort of suspicious, but. Well, I mean, Sirius says he doesn't really know anything about the guy, just that he played Quidditch. Yeah. I don't know. Hermione seems to think that he's the one who stole Harry's wand at the cup. Yeah, Hermione does think that. I feel like Hermione has... Most of the time, she has good intuition about this stuff. Good discernment. Um, she also might be a little biased in this situation because she's hell-bent on defending Winky. Mm-hmm. So. We get some good Snape talk here at the end. Because Ron is just like, I bet it was Snape. And Hermione always defends Snape because of how he saved Harry in the first yeah. year and how Dumbledore trusts him. And Sirius is like, they both have good points. Which is not helpful. Yeah. And he does say that Snape hung out with a bunch of Slytherins who all became Death Eaters. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, that's, you know, that's Moody is rightly suspicious of Snape. Yeah, like whatever you want to say, but even if you are a Snape defender, you can't say that he's not at least suspicious. Right. Sorry, Jeremy, I'm adjusting the thing. Okay. But Sirius doesn't know anything about their arms. Right. 
And he says that it's not that suspicious that Moody searched his office because Moody probably searched everyone's office. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Get a lot of suspicion thrown around amongst different characters in this chapter and I don't feel like it clears up anything really. No, it really doesn't. It's just it's almost like a chapter that's just like let's take stock of everything that's happened. Yeah. And just kind of What do we know you. about every character? Yeah. yeah. Let's get an adult's uh, perspective on it. Mhm. I mean, it's a good, big book, so it's like a nice little recap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Thank you, Brayden. You're welcome. Sometimes I forget that I'm on and I'm just like listening to you guys. <laughs> We're just engrossing. And Captivating. Occasionally gross. Yeah. Yeah, occasionally. Everybody is, so. Chapter 28, The Madness of Mr. Crouch. Let's start off with one word and one word only. Drunky. Drinky. Is drinky better? I like drinky better. Okay, drinky. Yeah. Fine. Drinky. Drinky. <laughs> she just goes, hey, constantly. Let's, yep. let's read through this. Who wants to be winky? Rachel, is that a hand? Rachel wants to be winky. I don't have a book, so I think that one of you uh, should Brittany be winky. Should do it. Yeah, just make it a little Here easier. Here we go. I'm going to get the shoulders ready again. <laughs> no, it, we'll just do you and me. We already made Rachel read a bunch. Okay, who am I? Um, I'll be winky and you be hairy. But okay. we're just doing dialogue. I think it's drinky. Drinky. Oh, yeah, you're so, drinky. So we'll just do that and you'll just say drinky every time Harry says winky. Okay, so I am I am Harry and narrator. Well, you're mo- you're just you're Harry, but we're just doing dialogue. Just doing dialogue. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're starting where he says, "Hey, Drinky." Okay, but I have to call you Winky, right? I got to stay true to the text. You can you can say Drinky. Okay. Oi, Drinky! <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what Mister Crouch might be up to, do you? Because he stopped running the, he stopped turning up to judge the Troy Wizard tournament. Master is stopped. Heck, coming? <laughs> yeah, we haven't seen him since the first task. The Daily Prophet saying he's ill. Master, heck, ill? <laughs> but, oh wait, this is Hermione. But we're not even sure if that's true. <laughs> Master is needing his heck, winky. Drinky, Master cannot manage all by himself. Other people manage to do their own housework, you know, Winky. Drinky is not only doing housework for Mr. Crouch. Master is trusting Drinky with his the most important, the most secret. What? Drinky keeps hey, her master's secrets. You is hey, nosy, you is. Uh, we need a Dobby here. Rachel. Just ad lib. 
What do you think Dolly would be saying right now? Don't talk to Master Harry like that. He's the best in socks. That's exact. That's exactly <laughs> what he said. That was so good. <laughs> yep. he, he is nosing. Hey, into my masters. Hey, private and secret. Hey, Drinky is a good house elf. Hey, Drinky keeps the silence. Hey, people trying to. Hey, Brian poke. Hey. <laughs> and then you just fall off the And stool. scene. <laughs> what was Dobby's actually line? Uh, actually? It was really close. Was it really? Yeah, it really was. Yeah, Winky must not talk like that to Harry Potter. Harry Potter is brave and noble, and Harry Potter is not nosy and socks. <laughs> so I, I think you got it. Right nice. On. Nailed it. So, Drinky seems to think that Crouch is sick because he misses her. Do you buy it? No. Why not? Uh, I can't imagine that Crouch cares a whole lot about house elves in general. <laughs> well, but he trusts her with his most secret. Hick. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think that's why he's sick. Just because she's not there? Yeah. Why is it then? I think he's sick because... Uh, he has some sort of spell put on him where he's losing his mind. Mm. Insanatorious. Yeah, that one. Okay. So we get some good drinky, and then Hermione starts trying to get the house elves to revolt. And they just push. They're like, ah, no. They're, they're like the union leaders, and they just like start shooing her out. <laughs> oh, for heaven's sake! Oh, for heaven's sake! Hermione, <laughs> <guy. laughs> listen to me, all of you. You get just as much right to wizards as unhappy. Look at Dobby, and Dobby's like, no, don't look at Dobby. Dobby's fine. Dobby's just chilling. Don't look at me. So house elves are not happy with Hermione's, like, fear-mongering. Yeah. Yeah, this uh, scene reminded me a lot of Dwight trying to get the office to revolt against Jim when he's co-manager. <laughs> like the epic speech he has in the middle of the office. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And everyone else is just like, mm, this is not our thing. It's just yeah. you. It's just you that thinks this, Dwight. Yeah. Oh, Jeremy's good. Okay. Um, we pretty much just move on from the kitchen. This is sort of like a day in the life of living as Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. Pigwidging us to carry some food. Harry watches Hagrid dig a big hole. <laughs> just out digging a hole. Granny gets her hate mail. Um, we get to go to Care Magical Creatures. Yeah. Ooh. We get to, um, we get some Nifflers. Yeah, what are your thoughts on Nifflers and Leprechaun Gold? Um, Leprechaun Gold 
that's interesting. That's what Ron paid um, Harry back with. And so that becomes an awkward scene where we see Ron kind of for the first time openly talk about like his poverty, mm-hmm. which is sort of sad. Um, Nifflers. So they're just, I'm imagining like dogs with really flat noses and they just dig constantly. I don't know how far off I am. They're like dog pigs. Dog pigs. Well, I guess in the movies they're a lot smaller. They're, they're like more little like fatter platypuses. Yeah, platypuses. yeah. Can I can I look up a picture of a niffler, or do um, I need to wait for the movie? You can. It's um. We don't actually see them in Goblet. They're not in Goblet of Fire. They're in the Fantastic Beast movies. Okay. So you can. So I'd be safe to look up a picture of a niffler. Yeah, they're super cute. They're like. My my feeling is that they extra cute they Disneyified them they cutified mm-hmm. them so yeah. that they could sell little stuff nifflers and stuff like to make them like not viral but like to make it like a thing that everyone's gonna want to go buy their own little niffler everyone's gonna want a t shirt oh. or a picture of a niffler. Can you hold that up to the screen so you can see a niffler? But in okay, the book, so in the book, I'm definitely picturing them as being much bigger than that. So that's interesting because you remember how I, at my last job, um, one of the ladies I worked with had like the Funko, like pop bobblehead. Yeah. Um, I remember seeing what I now know is a Niffler and being like, what is that? (laughs) That's so great. Uh, so that's, that's coming full circle now. I do. Yeah, they did. They did Disneyify them. And the plush toys are very cute. I always pictured them as being more dog-sized. Yeah. In the books. I kind of, I guess in my head, they were like small dog-sized. Like, I don't know, like a little, like a beagle or something sure. like that. Like Daphne. Yeah. She's not a beagle. There you go. No, but Daphne's a small dog size. She's what, Jeremy? Well, no, she doesn't look anything like a beagle. I agree. But she's not crazily different in size from a beagle. Rogie, like, she's not a beagle. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I know what dogs are and aren't. She's a wolverine. Uh, she isn't. She's a... Is she a wolverine? Is she a Tasmanian devil? Can be. Those are the same thing in my head, and I don't know why. I know they're not. Jess will tell you all about it. I don't want her to. <laughs> she already has. I'm sure she already has. <laughs> All right. Next point. Task three. What's the third task going to be about? Um, shoot. I know Bagman already told him. I'm blanking. Oh, come on, man. Uh, they go to the Quidditch field. Oh, it's a maze. Yeah, yeah. a maze. Yeah, and there's going to be, like, creatures in there and... like spells you're gonna have to like break and stuff like that like a pretty straightforward it it always reminds me of what harry does in the first book uh, miles under the school Mm. it's like you're yeah you're going through obstacles like that's what you're doing but this is different because like it's a maze okay yeah that is the difference 
But other than that, I mean, like, in terms of what he has to do, it's fairly similar. He didn't know where he was going in that scenario either. Yeah, I feel like the stress is elevated with this, though. Because you can, like, go in circles or, like, get multiple dead ends and, like... I would say also the stress is far lessened because in that one he thought he was doing it to protect the Sorcerer's Stone. And he was. And in this one, he, he, you know, Dumbledore's not going to let us die. It's stuff that's put there to be beaten. Not stuff that's put there just to be a wall. Yeah. Mm. All right. I don't know. But he's doing it alone. And he had Ron and Hermione in the first book. Well, that's definitely true. And he's like a baby. Like it was meant for, like when they made the challenges, like they knew the rule about the what, 17 year olds or whatever. Yeah. And he's just not there. He's just not advanced. Like they've discussed that already. I agree that it's going to be harder. Because it should be. Yeah. Anyway, thoughts on the maze? Um, I mean, you would think it's going to be the hardest challenge yet. It's going to test all facets of their wizarding skills. And um, I think Harry will come out on top. I think he'll win. I think Harry's going to win the Triwizard Tournament. The Quad Wizard Tournament. Yeah, I think so. All right. Cool. So Harry is looking at that. I like that he and Cedric are kind of like, oh my gosh, like they're putting hedges all up in our Quidditch field. Like this is our Quidditch field. <laughs> Just not Get off our Quidditch go. field. Just go off. Is it just in the Quidditch field? Mm-hmm. On the pitch. <sighs> See, my head cannon thought that it was bigger than that. Quidditch pitch, pretty big. Like, I understand. Like, I, I, I've i seen the field pitch. before. The pitch before. But I just thought that it was bigger than that. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't know. My Again, not a spectator sport. Watching someone someone go through a maze. Unless you're like way up above and looking down into the maze. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I feel like Rachel's right. Like there's got to be cameras everywhere or something. They just have someone follow, like a cameraman following them. Like I, I can't help you. Just like an amazing race situation. Yeah, maybe the whole tournament is sponsored by GoPro. <laughs> oh, that'd be good. Yeah. You could probably just get you could probably just bewitch a GoPro to float behind someone by itself. That's a good point. Maybe they're doing that. So then after the maze, both Bagman and Crumb want to talk to Harry. Yes. Crumb is like, Hey, what's the deal between you and Hermione? And we don't ever get to know what Bagman wanted to say. You didn't do your Probably crumb offering voice. help. Crumb voice. Oh. Okay. Crumb voice. I need to find the quotes. It's 73% of the way through the book. Gotcha. Super helpful. I appreciate that we're getting those page turns right now. Missed them. Okay, this is 
Okay. Are you going to be Harry? Sure. Okay. Could I have a word? Yeah. Word. All right. Will you walk with me? Okay. And then Bagman. Hey, I'll, I'll wait for you, Harry. I'll wait for you, Harry. <laughs> no, it it's okay, Mr. Bagman. I think I can uh, find the castle on my own, thanks. Okay. What are we now going? What are we going this way for? Don't want to be overheard. Okay. I want to know what there is between you and Hermione. <laughs> oh, nothing. We're f- friends. She's not my girlfriend, and she never has been. It's just that Skeeter woman making things up. Hermione talks about you very often. Yeah, because we're friends. You have never. You have not. No. No, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> Me and Hermione is crazy dog. Jerry, will you get the heck out of here? <laughs> uh, We were at... You oh, fly very so, well. Yeah. You fly very well. I was watching at the first task. Thanks. I saw you at the Quidditch World Cup. That Ronsky faint, you really... And something moves behind the trees. What is it? Have we have we covered? That was beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Cover with, okay. All right. Well, that gets us up to Crazy Crouch. Cray yay 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 zy crouch. Cray yay 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 crouch. It blows my mind how there's so many references that you guys make, and I don't understand like half of them. You guys, neither of you know that one. I I don't I didn't catch that one. I feel like I should. Naked Brothers Band. Cray yay 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 zy car. It was the only song that anyone knew. It was like a uh, I've Disney. I've never even heard kid. of them. Naked Brothers Band would have been on Disney when like your littlest sister was watching Disney and Nick. His little sister or Hannah's? His littlest sister. Hannah's littlest sister is like an infant still, probably. No. Hannah's got mm. like 40 sisters. At this no. Point. She's like in what? No. Seventh grade now? No, she's older than that. She's like, she's 16. Yeah. Really? Yeah, it's crazy. The little yeah. blonde one? Faith. Yeah. That's insane. It is insane. She's not the youngest kid, though. Isaac's younger than I've me. never met any of Brayden's siblings, so. I have only met the oldest one. Oh, okay. That's yeah. why I was trying to refer. I was trying to get a baseline that I would understand. So. Still not helpful, and I don't understand the reference, but we can move on. Naked Brothers Band. Look it up. They're not naked. Mm. They're not naked. They're just kids. I mean, I it's just I just doubt that I'm going to spend my time looking up it's this like, band it, to understand it, that reference. Disney was like, "Let's do a Jonas Brothers." They already had a Jonas Brothers. Nick was like, "Let's." Do, I don't know who it was. I mean, it was Nick. I don't know if they're even brothers, and they're not naked. Okay. That's the whole reference, though. So Crouch is crazy, and what's your understanding of what you're hearing from him? What? What patterns can you parse? Um, he 
when he's serious crouch like he's got he's got like kind of a dual personality thing going on okay and uh one side is like him barking orders at weatherby <laughs> to which who is a tree and then the other side is terrified barty crouch where he's saying like i've made a mistake voldemort's alive warn dumbledore So, which one do you think, I mean, is either of them a sane version of Crouch? No, but I think the one that's warning about Voldemort is worth notifying people of. Why? Because I think it's probably Voldemort's doing as like to why Crouch is insane right now. So Voldemort put a spell on him that makes him think that he's just hanging out with young Weatherby all the time. It makes him forget uh, his Voldemort knowledge. Yeah, or like maybe Crouch knows something that Voldemort doesn't want others to know. So he's like put some sort of insane spell on him. So he's just kind of slowly taking care of him. Yeah, yeah, I guess. So then Harry tries to take him to Dumbledore. But he doesn't want to. Yeah, so he leaves Crumb with him, goes yeah. to get Dumbledore. They come back. Crumb has been attacked. He's unconscious. Oh, Crumble. And Karkaroff is peeved. Yes. So is Karkaroff like his manager? He's his, his professor, his headmaster. Yeah. But like also for like the world Quidditch stuff and stuff. Because like he's very invested in. I don't know if he's involved in Quidditch. Him. I cannot speak to that. Okay. <laughs> this is Crazy Car by Naked Brothers Band. <laughs> These are like nine-year-olds. I was like, this is a boy? Two boys. Listen to that bass line. It's more like crazy crouch. I just thought it was more of an a yay yay in there. It's been a long time. Was it Nick? Was I right, Jeremy? It was Nick. Jonas? No, Nickelodeon. They were on Nickelodeon. Oh. You remember okay. Nickelodeon used to show like music Aaron Carter music videos? No, I never watched Nickelodeon. You should show Aaron Carter and Lil Bow Wow, Lil Bow wow videos. Nickelodeon. 
Brandon's so like, into this. That what was the band that used to cover ABBA? Jump five. <laughs> the Christian band? No. The Christian Jump Five is a Christian band. Yeah. I'm familiar with that one. Who used to cover ABBA songs? They did Dancing Queen. ABBA? Okay. Thank you. <laughs> talking about Lizzie McGuire. No, I'm never talking about Lizzie McGuire. Man, Lizzie McGuire. Are you pull up Dancing Queen by Jump Five. Eighteens! Eighteens! <laughs> All right. I trust you're looking forward to spending the next four hours. That's 240 long wow. minutes. Count them. Love the intro to this 18s music video. Wasted lives. I've never even heard of the 18s. Teens or teens? Teens. I have seen this music video though. I've definitely watched it before. You're just thinking of Mamma Mia. No, because I'm watching it on Jeremy's phone. Oh, gotcha. They're outside in like a brightly lit, right? Sort of playground situation. The park. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> so Harry goes to get Dumbledore. And that freaking takes forever because he's just Harry. like screaming candies. And then Snape is there and he's like, look at Harry Potter stepping all over lines, just lying about wanting to talk to Dumbledore. And Harry's like, I don't, I'm like literally not breaking any rules. Like, I just want a regular thing. Yeah. The headmaster is busy. No, he's not. Yeah. Dumbledore just walks down and he's like, oh, time for a casual stroll because I'm not doing anything else. <laughs> so Snape's just here to annoy Harry. Classic. It's kind of what he exists for. So then Karkaroff's freaking out. Hagrid loses it. Walk me through all this. What's your understanding of how this plays out? Um, yeah, Karkarov insults Dumbledore, um, and Hagrid freaks out, picks him up, presumably like 20 feet in the air and slams him into a tree mm -hmm. and just kind of holds him there. It's like, don't talk about him that way. I will eat you. <laughs> just could, that calm. Could Hagrid fit an entire Karkarov in his mouth at once? I think at least half a Karkarov. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Is it a width thing or a depth thing? Oh. Um, I feel like probably a depth thing. I feel like Carcroft's shoulders can fit in Hagrid's mouth. But he just yeah. can't get like the tips of he can't get like his legs all the way in there too, unless he like balled them up. Right. Yeah, you're probably right. Okay. Just he will get Okay, okay. <laughs> so Carcroft's mad because Crumb got attacked, and Karkaroff feels like 
since it was Crouch that did it, then it's like a whole conspiracy by the Hogwarts team because Crouch is British. Mm-hmm. So I need some predictions from you. Where is Crouch now? What happened? Um, did Snape purposely try to delay them getting there? Um, yeah, that seems likely that Snape delayed it. Um, I'm assuming this has something to do with Voldemort. That he didn't want Crouch having the opportunity to give any kind of explanation as to what's going on. So he got there, he drug Crouch off and kind of clubbed Crumb over the head with some sort of, like, spell of some kind and went back into hiding for now. So he just melted away back into the forest to hang out with the werewolves and unicorns? Yeah, he hopped away. He's a tadpole, remember? Oh, I guess swam. Swam might be the better. Yeah, but there's no water, so he's just like flopping. Yeah. Just flopping away. I don't... Why not just kill Harry? You mean, why not... What's your question? What do you mean? So, why would Voldemort come and attack Crumb instead of just killing Harry while he was there? Why is that Voldemort come to the school if not to kill Harry Potter? Uh, that's where I feel like it has something to do with Bagman. Bagman wants him to stay in this competition. Um, oh, interesting. So Voldemort has some kind of vested interest in Harry finishing out the tournament. He placed a bet on him. Yeah. Yeah, I think Voldem- so. Voldemort placed a bet. Yeah. He was like, he hey, hey, hey. Yeah, he put a bunch of money on him so he could just try to take him out. That doesn't make any sense. I don't know. He's trying to make money while he accomplishes his goals. He should be like, I'll bet you a million galleons that someone kills Harry Potter. It can't be that <laughs> obvious. Yeah, so Voldemort, known for his subtlety. <laughs> My guy tried to kill Harry with the biggest snake of all time. Hmm. Anything else on Karkaroff freaking out or Hagrid at the end? We get a little whiff of, like, you can't trust any of them. Madame Maxime's trying to get me to cheat for her. Tell her what's in the task, the third task. Yeah, there's him and Harry kind of leave things on a sour note. Hagrid's ticked. So is this the end of... Him and Madame Maxime getting together? Um, I don't know. I think seems like things were pretty good and damaged from that first date. And I don't think Hagrid's the type to give away secrets like this. Especially if it's going to help 
Harry's competitors. So yeah. I don't see it working out between them. Doesn't he like accidentally reveal secrets all the time though? Or is that just to Harry, Hermione, and Ron? And sometimes Quildemort. And like if he's yeah. drinking. So yeah, all the that's time. true. <laughs> Harry, Hermione, and Ron are just the only ones that hang out with him enough to like reap the benefits of it. Mm. Right. On a regular basis. Yeah. Okay. Rachel, any final thoughts before we wrap up this episode? I don't think so. I know it's not very exciting. All right. But it's just, I mean, like, this is just a, there's just a lot of, like, rehashing information we already knew in these chapters and just kind of. Crazy Crumb was new. Crazy Crouch. Yeah. But just, like, I mean, there was a few different things, but it was just a lot of, like, recapping and stuff. So, I think it'll be interesting to see Brayden as he moves along through the chapters and figure stuff out. And I mean, we're really getting down to brass tacks. I know. We're almost done. Coming up on the third. Here, let me look here. What we got? What we got coming up next? Tune in, tune in next week. Where we definitely will talk about only exactly the chapters we bring up right now. <laughs> we very consistently stick with the plan. Okay, next week we can do 29, 30, and 31. So we'll do three chapters. Question, Braden, you're raising your hand? Nope. Nope, not raising your hand? or Okay. Stretching. We'll do three chapters next week, and that will be, today's the 4th, so the 11th, and that'll give us one, two, three, four, five, six more chapters to get through by the time Braden's here, and we can do some of those while he is here. So, if you're in Warsaw, get pumped, we'll be selling tickets to come get Braden's autograph. <laughs> so let us know now, um, buy your t-shirts. Only $30 for the front row where you can actually get to physically touch Braden. You get two, you get two minutes. I have two not agreed to person. that. <laughs> 20, I mean, 20 bucks? Come on. You just said 30. 30 bucks? Come on. Were you going to keep the $10? $20. Bucks, you can still touch him, <laughs> but you have to just reach farther. You're, you're in the second row, and you just have to like reach down so that you, you have a lot fewer <laughs> options. There you go. In your physical contact. So. But we're also just going to be swimming. That's like 80 bucks. <laughs> to swim with? Yeah. <laughs> Still only two minutes, but. <laughs> two minutes. You to swim. Tuba. Tuba. <laughs> um, if you would like to follow in the footsteps of our... Of a of top three AMP fan, Chad, aka Chad Lack, aka Chadwick Boseman, aka Black Panther. You should call one nine seven eight Potter Zero. One nine seven eight seven six eight eight three seven zero. We'd love to hear your thoughts on Naked Brothers Band or the Eighteens or yes. the relative size of a Beagle and a Niffler. And whether or not Daphne is either of those. 
I'll post a picture of Daphne for a reference. Thank you. That'll Thanks. be good to post again. <laughs> yeah. We also want to suggest that you check out our friend Bo's new podcast. Oh, yeah. If you are a sports fan, Bo and his buddy, um, Joe. I think. No, it just says like Houston. I think that's the guy's last name. I don't know him, but it's Bo and it's Houston Bo and his friend Houston, and uh, they're doing a sports podcast called Sports Shenanigans. So, oh, that's fun. You can uh, check that out if you if you enjoyed Bo calling in to Hal and getting real passionate and yelling about stuff. You will love this podcast. Have you been listening to it? I listened to an episode yesterday um, about NBA free agency, mm-hmm. and Bo has some takes. I bet. So, Does he like Malcolm Brogdon? Out. Yeah, I think so. Okay. He's not as he's not as excited about it as I was, but but he's a Miami Heat fan, so what can you expect? Well, he's actively a Miami Heat fan. I guess. So, yeah. A lot of Jimmy Butler thoughts. Um, I think at the time that this released, Jimmy Butler had not signed with them yet. Oh, gotcha. So. Well, yeah, definitely check that out. We're doing kind of a cross-promotional thing with them. We're going to try to get them on the um, Merriman Productions podcast network. There you go. So that'll be good. I don't know if that's true. I just said that. It's just a thing that I said. Have it's a, worth trying. Have a happy and safe 4th of July, everyone. Thank you to Rachel. <laughs> Jimmy's looking at me like, this isn't going to come out anytime close to 4th of July. Like, I don't know that. Hey, George Weasley. Yes, I love you. You're a good boy. Um, if anyone has extra air conditioners they want to donate to my house and my ability to sleep at night, hit me up. <laughs> Nine seven eight Potter Zero. <laughs> uh, thank you to producer Jeremy and editrix Jessica, and social media occasional coordinator Rachel, and backyard football expert Hannah. And also, resident physician. Anyone there you I'm go. leaving out there? Thanks to Chad. Be more like Chad. Thank thanks, you. everybody. Thanks for coming on, Rachel. No problem. It's always fun listening, being a part of it, giving my two cents every now and then. Thank you, Braden. Thank you, Rogie. See you guys next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>